what's up everybody and welcome back to another episode of reattached for your convenience aka reattached fyc the podcast where we talk about our work experiences and today we are going to be talking about your work experiences because we have received an overwhelming amount of responses to our workplace personalities episode so uh i'm brian and i'm joined here by my pal and co-host john what's up everybody and brian how many comments did we get give or take it was over 1200 uh, wow baby 1200 responses thanks everyone for sending in your feedback sick sorry to interrupt you continue brian i'm just so excited it's it's taken me days, weeks to just go through <laughs> all of them. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, so we decided that today it's going to be the reattached episode of workplace personalities. You want to uh, let everybody know what that means, John? Yes, we finally have the reattached version. So um, a lot of the podcasts that we've been doing that you've been listening to is. Um, you know, kind of Brian and I just sharing our stories and and setting the stage. And these reattached episodes are really the, the real of the, the, the voices of the people. Um, And so we're going to have these types of episodes where we're going to be either reading stories that were submitted. We might bring people onto the podcast and we're revisiting some of the episodes that were already discussed, AKA the reattached version of the episode. And so this one we're really excited about because it's the reattached version of workplace personalities. But I think it's important, as Brian mentioned, it is over 1,200. And so this is just going to be the first of many episodes. Um, but we're we're excited to, to start these. And Whatever. that being said, if you have your stories that you want to share, make sure you send them to us at reattachedfyc at gmail.com because we're going to go through all of them. Say it one more time, Brian, because I bet you they were just writing it in their Lisa Frank notebooks. What what was the email address again? That is reattachedfyc at gmail.com. Um, yeah, share your stories, folks. Uh, we're really excited to to dig in. So, Brian, do you want to kind of talk about like what how we're going to approach this podcast today, or do you want me to do it? Yeah, I mean, we're going to be basically reading through the responses that we've received and reacting to them in real time so we have not discussed these with each other ahead of time (laughs) we're just going to be reading them and uh and reacting in uh, real time we're gonna (laughs) decide whether or not your stories are uh sane or insane (laughs) totally and i think it's also important just to kind of remind everyone so this podcast in particular um we had we were talking about how basically in the workplace, um, it almost seems like there's so many different characters. Um, and so Brian and I had started to talk about some of the different characters that we noticed in the workplace. And so we asked, uh, you know, when looking at like, you know, what uh, there's the flirt or the class clown, but like, what were other types of examples of workplace personalities? And we did hear back from a lot of folks on what their versions were. And so let's just let's just dive in, Brian. Let's just go for Let's it. Let's go for it. All right. So um, one of the 
more popular ones that we've mm-hmm. received was uh, this submission is the McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. Go on. It's that dude that is just chill and fun to be around, but you don't want to be on his team because nothing's getting done. <laughs> and you know what? I feel like that is relatable. <laughs> I I think what's what's funny with that one in particular is I think someone was even adding to the conversation on that one and the, and they said um that that was totally them at their last job. They actually failed upward into a senior manager position, but was completely unqualified to be a manager or even working in the division that they were managing. Um, All they had to offer their coworkers was a pleasant human and recommending them for raises every chance they got. I love that. Um, I'm sure you had people that were like that. We all know that type of person. It's like at my last job when people couldn't really do what they were, you know, uh, certified to do Mm -hmm. when they no longer could do that. They were like, the management was like, all right, well, uh, let's make you a supervisor. Then it's like basically the same thing, failing upwards. And then those people just become, you know, Oh, there's the nice guy that wants everybody to like him. (laughs) This is what I like about this person is that they're talking about how they're acknowledging the fact that they don't know what the fuck they're doing. Um, but they're at least willing to be a pleasant human and recommending people for raises. I mean, that to me, that sounds like a great boss. Uh, my, we, I mean, I don't want to go into the boss conversation, but my goodness, think about how many people we have where <laughs> they they think they know, uh, but they don't, and they don't want to help you anyway. So kudos to this person. Um, I like you. I want to work for you. All right. Um, what other what other workplace personality submissions that we got stood out to you? Okay, so here's a good one. This uh, this individual says the person who thinks they're a manager but they aren't, and there's a story option. So, do you want to hear the story? Oh yeah, let's hear it. Okay, so this individual wrote. So I left a job over to this. The actual manager at a convenience store told me in no uncertain terms was I to do a freezer poll because she's already done it. And we would run out of uh, we would run out for the week early uh, if they if they did the freezer poll. So manager is saying to the person, don't do this. Right. Yep. So far, so good. So then the manager leaves and this guy will just call him David. Uh, who's the shift lead leader and in training to be an actual manager somehow, but still one at the time gets on shift with this person. And despite me telling him several times that our boss has explicitly told me to not do a freezer poll, he wouldn't shut the hell up about me needing to do one before clocking out. I think we've all kind of had that kind of situation, right? Uh-huh. The person that thinks they know best, even though the manager said no. Yeah. Um, so, so what do you, what do you think? happens don't read it brian i think it's gonna end in disaster disaster these things usually do i know right all right so they say finally i'm about to clock out and he tells me i can't clock out without doing the freezer pull it's like five minutes to when my shift is supposed to end and at least the fifth time he's brought it up and had it explained uh by me to him on how like we couldn't do that 
I tried explaining again, and he gave me the old, it doesn't matter what you think. I'm your supervisor, and I'm telling you blah, 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 bullshit. I gave in and decided to do just one more to shut him up. And then when we uh, run out early, uh, completely narc on him to our boss. And this bitch follows me to the freezer to micromanage me and tell me everything I'm doing wrong about it. Um, I normally worked alone overnight and didn't have to do freezer polls. I had done maybe two of them over four months prior uh, to this from other odd shifts. Him doing this also meant we were standing in the negative 22 degree uh, uh, Fahrenheit cooler for longer and left me 15 minutes late to clocking out. So I told him if he had the time to micromanage me doing a job I wasn't even supposed to be doing, he had time to do it, to have done it himself. Then I told him to go fuck himself and walked out. Oh my God. See now two things here. Mm -hmm. Number one is, um, I wonder how that worked out when the actual supervisor came back. Oh, totally. Like, what side does that supervisor take? And then, um, number two, if they clocked out 15 minutes late, I hope they got paid overtime for that. Seriously. Seriously. And important point of context for folks, because I thought of it as soon as I was reading this. Uh, what the fuck is a freezer poll? Um, it's apparently a restock of the shop floor from the deep freezer um, out back. So for folks that are like, I don't know what that fuck that was. Um, so it's restock. Um, <laughs> you pull like, things out of the freezer. Duh. <laughs> Duh. Um, but uh, yeah, that's crazy. And, you know, I just, I'm just thinking to myself, this could go either two ways. The manager is going to come in and get mad at the associate and be like, what the hell? I told you not to do this. And the man, the person who's wants to be the manager, right. Or thinks they're a manager is going to be like, oh, I didn't know, you know, they didn't tell me. Um, and that's going to be a problem. Or hopefully they do believe the associate and go, yeah, you know, fuck you to the, to the person who wants to be a manager. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like, uh, like Dwight from the office, the guy who thinks he's in charge, but he's not in charge, but he gives himself <laughs> the title that he doesn't actually have. Yeah. <laughs> the assistant to the manager. <laughs> That's an important little word. Too. <laughs> um, Anyway, here's another one that I saw is, and I think it's very relatable, the one-upper. Ooh. You had three beers last night, he had four. You completed five tasks today, he did six. You went to Tenerife on holiday, he went to Eleven Reef. <laughs> uh, we know so many of those people. I wonder if anyone had any good stories with the one-upper. I feel like we all have well, one of those. Well, then somebody also gave the opposite view, which is the one-downer, who oh. is the negative version, where if something bad happened to you, well, it was worse for them. If your beer was expensive, his beer was more expensive. If you only were able to complete five tasks, they barely got four <laughs> done because of tech or traffic issues. You went somewhere for holiday. They went too, but they were sick the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's like just Debbie Downer. 
And someone comments, my ex was like this and I wanted to die, LOL. <laughs> she wanted to die twice. Uh, I think we all even have friends that are like a one-upper or a one-downer. I think I think we're that might need to be our follow-up question. Who are the one-uppers and who are the one-downers? Yeah. And then tag them. You should tag your one-upper and one-downer. <laughs> oh yeah tag your one downers let's uh let's spread the negativity shall and that'll we? be so awkward when you and i tag each other in that oh man <laughs> i wonder who's gonna be tagged as what all right what else do you see oh okay this is a good one and i feel like this kind of connects to one that you and i were talking about but they called this the talker in a meeting it takes them three minutes to make even one point in a timed presentation, they always go over. If you stop to chat, you've lost your lunch break. The person the person <laughs> seemingly can't understand social cues that someone would like to end a conversation or even outright cues of people telling them to just stop talking. You know that type. Yeah, and you know, it's it's difficult to interact with that type of person if you are nice. Because mm. if you're nice, you don't want to cut them off. You don't want to be rude. I mean, if you're blunt and you say it as is, I got to go. I've only got 30 minutes for lunch. I got to go. But if you're That's nice why. and you're like, you feel bad shutting them down, then yeah, you lose your lunch break just like that. That's why I just didn't eat lunch with people. Um, problem solved. Or I would, I would, I would walk by the kitchen and if it was people that I didn't want to like sit or talk to, I would just pretend like I was super busy and just go up to my desk and like close the door and stay away from them. The problem <laughs> is if you're walking towards the lunchroom and they yeah. catch you before you even get there, then you're True. just stuck. So here's here's a good story that someone wrote uh, in, in regards to the talker. They said... Yeah. I sometimes worked with a talker who would be assigned to my office once or twice a week and almost always at a time right after I was done for the day, I'd be packing up to leave and hear the door to the break room open, followed by this person's booming greeting. I knew at once uh, that I'd be missing my train and probably the next two. (laughs) Nothing worked short of going, well, gotta go, bye, and then just walking away. And what made it worse was that the things that this person would talk about were things that the other individual was also interested in. And so they uh, weren't willing to just bail out uh, on this individual if they were talking about something, um, you know, actually of, of, of interest. So under different circumstances, say over a couple beers, maybe they would have been happy to listen to them talk at length. Um, not at uh, quitting time, though. And as much as they enjoy the topics, they really just wanted to be somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, that sounds horrible. That I mean, sounds absolutely horrible. And uh, like I can relate to when I worked in the city and you have a train to catch to get home and somebody stops you and you miss that train. That sucks. I mean, there there are like pick up on social cues, people. Like if the person has their coat on and they're moving towards the door, don't you think they want to go? Um, yeah. Well, that's the thing about people who don't pick up on social cues. Not everybody's good at reading the room. Oh, this is another story. Um, this person says there. So there was this lady. 
let's call her Cheryl. Um, and they worked at this pharmaceutical warehouse. The The way out meant going through the sales department. No problem. Cool people. This woman, though, you know how when you're telling a story and you forget a random detail, like what restaurant you were at or who said the joke, and you just move on so you can make your point? No, no, no. She would stop you and not let you go until we figure out what she's referring to, to the erroneous detail of her story. She was a sweet lady, but between her inability to read social cues and her thin blue line, and we kneel for the cross stickers in her cubicle, I really was much happier when she wasn't there. Womp womp. <laughs> uh... What restaurant was it? No, not that one. The other one around the corner. No, no, not no, not that one. The other one. Just make a fucking point. Yeah, who cares? Skip the minor details. Oh my god. Um, all right. What else? What else we got here? How about the therapist? The person oh. that everyone talks to about their personal problems. Oh. And now somebody here says basically that that was them. I didn't even ask for that job either. People just think I'm easy to talk to. And suddenly I know about Janet's hemorrhoids acting twice as bad as they normally do on her period. Jim is mad as shit for his wife leaving him, even though she drove him into the arms of several other women, which is why he should have the kids. Donna had surgery to fix her flaps at 32. Kim is between four different men and asking each of them to help pay some aspect of her bills. Oh my god. (laughs) I just want to stock the shelves. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Uh, And then someone else even writes that, you know, there should be a subcategory of the unwilling therapist where people just start talking about their problems and the person doesn't want to be rude. So now they're just the local therapist. So Mm -hmm. just forced into it. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, but see, now there's a part of me that's like, but what about Janet's hemorrhoids? I want to know. Is she is she okay? So uh, does that mean that you were a therapist at any of your jobs or were you just the one that wanted to hear all the gossip? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I was the, I think I was the therapist. I wasn't, I mean, who doesn't love a good gossip story? Um, but I think what was nice about me is that I kept it private. No one knew the stories. And there are some, yeah. even, even on the podcast, I won't necessarily share. Um, because I think it's important to understand confidentiality. So yeah, yeah, I would say I was a therapist. Were you? When I was at my high school job, back stocking shelves, just like this guy, apparently, mm-hmm. there was a girl there who I barely spoke to, didn't really know. One time I was you know, going down into the warehouse to get stuff to bring back out to put on the shelves. And she happened to be down there and she's like going on and on about, um, you know, things going on in her personal life. And then afterwards she stopped. She's like, honestly, I have no idea why I'm telling (laughs) you this. You just seem like someone I can trust. (laughs) I'm like, all right. 
<laughs> well, gotta go. That'll be $50. Thank you for your time. Exactly. Oh, my God. The therapist. Now that I'm way behind on work. But. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's a good one. All right. What else do you see? What else we got? Oh, here's here's a, a funny one and a relatable one. Is the one who hides in the bathroom for 30 minutes twice a day. <laughs> Probably sat next to my office. Yeah. Well, the best is the guy that, that comments because we are crying or contemplating rage quitting. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's had those days. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh-huh. That's a good one. How about the massage guy? Uh, what's the massage guy? So this person wrote, you won't know this one unless you worked pre-2005 or so. Okay. Uh, I think he's trying to say it's before the Me Too movement, but I feel like yeah, it still happens. But anyway, he says, the massage guy. And it was almost always a guy. And someone says, uh, do you mean the guy that comes to you to offer you a neck massage that you don't want? <laughs> they no. still exist, but gladly, I only encountered him once. Had to tell him multiple times to stop annoying me. Yeah. Yeah. I used to know a guy like that. I went to HR with a couple other female colleagues. He didn't do it to me, but it made me feel uncomfortable witnessing it. And he looked like he had seen a ghost for three weeks and didn't dare speak to anyone. I felt bad for him because something felt off. We talked about body language and how different cultures and levels of knowing people can determine how people greet each other and what they find acceptable. I think we talked about it for about three hours in total. He was Cuban and said that hugs and kisses are very different in his culture. He learned a lot and adjusted himself to be more respectful. We actually became very close colleagues, and to this day, I still consider him one of my best colleagues. Aw. All right, well, there's a happy story ending. Had a happy ending. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's nice. So, see, people can learn and grow, and sometimes it's important to talk about the different cultures. and Sometimes people just need to listen to this podcast and realize that that's them. Um and then never do it again. There you go. Yeah, don't go around touching people that don't want to be touched. Exactly. You probably shouldn't go around touching people at all. Yeah. Not at just, work. Just, just don't. Just don't. Um, yeah. All right. Here's one. <clears throat> the Grouch. Usually a prune-faced person over 50 who has worked there for, for years uh, replies to... Uh, Every email complaining about or questioning the contents of the email, ask all new employees, uh, why are you here? And tells them that they need to find a new line of work because this one is so terrible. They act like they hate being at work, but they never miss a day uh, to be on the job just so that they complain about how they're always there on the job. Lots of lots of negative Nancy's. There are. We need to find some positive ones. And all these. I mean, even there's uh, the hall monitor, a coworker uh, who observes their coworkers all day and then snitches to the boss. And this person has a great story up. Okay, let's hear it. So I had one of these 
worked overnight at a gas station, and was recovering from spine surgery. The boss insisted that if I had to sit down, it couldn't be behind the register. She said it would be in our break room, which is way in the back of the store, and you have to rely on extremely laggy camera footage to check the store. So I'd ignore that and bring a chair when behind the registers and just stand up whenever a customer came in. Again, it was overnight. There was like three or four people an hour after midnight, (laughs) which meant that I was there to greet them as they came in and they wouldn't have to wait for me to notice them once the cameras caught up. But one night, one of the day workers, his job was literally just to come in once a week to stock the drink coolers, came in and saw me. He made a comment about how I should be careful sitting on the job, but then passed it off as a joke. I rung up his Coke and he left. The next morning, my manager told me that a customer had called to complain about me sitting down, something I'd been doing for weeks with no complaints at this point. I told her I'd stop, but that was a lie. A few (laughs) days go by and I see him again. He doesn't say anything about the chair this time and acts pleasant while he's in there. But the next day, I got another talking to from my boss about it, still claiming that a customer called in, which is BS. Customers have zero chill or patience, and they would absolutely say it to my face or at least call while they're thinking about it, which would be right after they saw me while I'm still on shift. So I would have been the one to get the call. (laughs) And trust me, it happens a lot. After that, this guy came in every night I worked. And every time I clocked in again, my boss would tell me I wasn't allowed to sit down. Wow. Wow. What a stalker. What a jerk. I mean. Coming into a job when you're off just to look at somebody and snitch to the boss about something they're doing wrong. Get a life. Seriously, that's what I was just thinking. Like, get get a life. That is just... Ooh, it also makes me kind of feel sad for the person. Like, that's what you're doing with your life. Mm. Don't you have other things to do? Like, I don't know. Something? Anything else? Yeah, well, listen to this podcast. There you go. That's a good option. But uh, I think at this point, we have told our last story of the night. Or today, or afternoon. Whenever you're listening to it. I guess that's my cue to wrap things up. Brian's giving me the look, friends. Um, So I think what's cool about this one, Brian and I just scratched the surface. There are way more that we we need to read through and look and talk about. So as Brian mentioned, um, you know, if you want to add your story and share it, um, send us an email, reattachedfyc at gmail.com. Um, but this concludes our podcast today. So if you weren't paying attention or if you want to listen to it again, um, we, of course, will reattach this one for your convenience. Hey, um, <laughs> and don't forget our website, reattachedfyc.com. You can also follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Instagram, Facebook, um, at reattachedfyc, where you can also share your stories and reactions. So please send us. We are so appreciative of everyone that has shared stuff. So please keep it coming. Um, listen follow share all of it um and if you want it to be anonymous you can do that as well or don't do whatever but either way until next time friends i'm john and i'm brian see you